You're about to listen to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast brought to you by the Denver Chop House. The Chop House is located at 19th and Wine Coop. Give them a visit during a Rockies game, a Broncos game, Avs game, even a Rockies game. Did I already say the Rockies? I don't know if I did, but you might want to go twice because they play like 40 times a week. Belly up to the bar, enjoy a fine brewed craft beer, have a steak, but be sure to visit the Denver Chop House because they love us. We love you. Now enjoy the show. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there on the interwebs? We are joining you. We are here live at the Pepsi Center, I should say. Uh, Myself, of course, Nate Timmons, Jeff, the King of Thornton. Morton is in the house. King of Thornton. <laughs> I didn't know you were the King of Thornton. I, I'm the King of Thornton. That's 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 what that's what I do. That's what of he course, does. it's like you know, you know, but the, 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 you got to be king of something. Um, and those, those <laughs> sweet sounds you hear are, are not Ross Martin. He still is uh, out on uh, baby watch. He's had the baby. He's now trying to raise the baby, <laughs> but he will be back very soon. Joining us is Christopher. Don't call me Chris Dempsey that's from right. the Denver Post. That's right. I'm here. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Here. You know, and I must say, uh, by the way, people, um, uh, I put out on Twitter that yesterday we were supposed to have a person, individual of note, uh, Les Shapiro on. We had some technical difficulties yesterday. We apologize. Um, and and but, on the stand-in. And, and, but, but Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Dempsey was quite kind enough to uh, come in on a short uh, notice basis and uh, help us out. Call him old standby. Just, just call me Les today. <laughs> <laughs> So you got to talk bad about the Rockies. <laughs> you be good. You got to bash Tebow and you got to talk bad about That's the Rockies. Right. <laughs> so we just got done watching uh, a couple draft workouts. Nuggets had KJ McDaniel's of note mm-hmm. from Clemson in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably projected as a maybe a mid to late first round pick. Kind of a defensive specialist. A little bit of a three point shooter. Very athletic kid. But the only way the Nuggets are going to draft this guy. As if they traded back in this draft, right? right I mean, yeah. you, you don't take this guy at eleven. Yeah, well, I mean, since they only have one first round pick. Yeah, but that's but, it, that's the interesting thing. We're, we're under a week away now from the NBA draft, or yep. exactly a week, right? It's next mm-hmm. Thursday. Next exactly. Thursday. Yep. Yep. Thursday. So we're a week away. The Nuggets have uh, have worked out all sorts of people. Tim Conley and company were in Chicago yesterday to take a look at Doug McDermott, Nick Stoskis. Hopefully, that's how he pronounces his name. Yep, that's it. Uh, we've seen Stizzle. All sorts of guys. <laughs> Steezy. We've had lots of guys here, Stiznai. too. <laughs> Hopefully he makes a shot guy. The answer. They've had Gary Harris has been through town, uh, Zach Levine, James Young, yep. Tyler Ennis, all sorts of guys, and we're no closer to figuring out what the Nuggets are going to do come draft night. Am I that's, right? That's pretty much I think, Chris, I think that's pretty much what that, that pretty much wraps it up. Man. <laughs> no, thanks for listening. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no you're, you're right about that. I, I think the one thing, though, you know, we can take away from the players that they've brought in is we know kind of the target type of player, what they're, they're, they'd be looking at. Shooting um, guards and wings? Yeah. Getting at here. Right. I mean, you know, this is not smokescreen. It's like is, a hot wings place. <laughs> shooting guards and wings. Yeah. All you can eat. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're not trying to pull the wool over our eyes, you know, so to speak. I mean, we don't know which one of these guys they like best, but it's... um. Certainly, you know that type of player, that that kind of guy, and um, you know you just mentioned that they uh, also went to go see Nick Stauskas and uh, Doug McDermott as well. So you know that that's what they're looking at. You know whether it be a, a shoot more of a shooter like those two guys, or more of a defensive minded guy like Gary Harris. You know, uh, you know, will remains to be seen. And and then you know the whole wild card is if you know one of the guys up top kind of falls to him and then things kind of change but as we but yeah. saw today or just a couple minutes ago Adrian Wojnarowski had uh, wrote a story finally instead of these rumors on Joel Embiid saying that he may have some kind of stress fracture in his foot so they may he's going in for another evaluation and it's unlikely the Cavs may take him at number 1 if if this thing turns out to be the real deal well, so i mean that's going to well you never know with these things and and you with with Injuries, uh, specifically leg injuries on big guys, you always get really reluctant. And I think, you know, it's it's hard to, to – when stuff like this happens, you, like, immediately get Greg Oden flashbacks, you know. But Greg Oden was injured all throughout his college career. You know, he always had these issues. But 
I don't know. If I was the Cavs, I would be very, very reluctant to go that way, especially after coming on the heels of having that back problem all year. Then having a foot problem, that you know, that could indicate to me this is going to start piling up here because mm-hmm. maybe it's going to lead to something else, you know. And we kind of had a, a little bit of a sense of what the top of the draft was going to do with Embiid, Wiggins, and Parker in some order, right? And yeah. now, yeah. now we're just kind of we're a week away, and we're kind of thrown for a loop a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, I wouldn't expect Embiid to. You know, he's probably not going to be there at 11 for the Nuggets. Right? Yeah, I would have guessed that that would, that would be the case. Some, All some, the way to the second round. Exactly. That would, I, I'd be shocked if that happened. But, I mean, uh, you know, it, it is something to think about. You know, big man and their injuries. I mean, we've, you know, listen, we were just in the finals, and we saw Greg Oden sitting over there, and that's just kind of the poster child mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. of a big man, what will injuries will do to break down, uh, you know, a big man and, and kind of just reduce him down to something way less effective than what it, what he was before. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Embiid in terms of how much his stock drops because of this. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, you know, with a healthy foot, these general managers still love him. Yep. You know, they're, you know, so, you know, the question, I guess, would be now if you need immediate help, you probably now you might be wavering a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can wait, you know, rehab him, make, and, and at the same time make sure his back is okay, then you know, take the chance, get him strong, and 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 plug him in. Well, that's it. With another example of someone falling projections wise would be Julius Randle after it was kind of revealed that he had a hurt foot. You know, yeah, you don't know what to believe at this point. You know, there's a lot of misdirection that goes on with these. The draft, you know, you got an agent saying, "Well, no, he's fine here," but we, you know, and then you got the team saying, "No, he's going to fall here." It's like so many leaks, and so many of these things happen. It's just, just so that they could influence where this person is drafted because they want him. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because that's Julius Randall has fallen a bit off for it, but not that far. And I think, I think he'll probably go mid. You know, it's probably about seven or eight. You know, that that thereabouts, but. Embiid is the big projection, and it's going to be interesting to see how a potential foot injury will make him fall because, really, I think he is the linchpin. It'll kind of affect what everyone else does depending on who needs what in the draft. I mean, you could see a lot of different dominoes falling in that in that first 10 picks that maybe we didn't see before. Yeah, for sure. Because there's not another center projected to go in the top – 12 probably or no. 11 uh, i mean yeah. yusuf Nurk- nurkic is the next guy yeah the, yeah the international guys i mean yeah you know it's you know and, and and honestly okay what's the value for a center in the nba this year i mean in this in this current nba you know it you know we watched you know tiago splitters the center um you know for the world champion spurs um miami heat just didn't even play with anybody resembling a no. center. No. Uh, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they throw in Kendrick Perkins, but he's kind of a, just a, a guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Indiana Pacers, Roy Hibbert was really good last season, obviously took a couple step, steps back this season. Mm-hmm. But even his numbers are just 12 and 7, yeah. you know, during the regular season. I think to me what that says is, is the center position is – you can get an effective guy, the kind of guy that you need. You can get him late in the first round. You can get him in the second round. What you need is just a guy really to kind of anchor your defense a little bit, maybe block or alter a couple shots, be competent enough in the post. This NBA is starting to be so perimeter-oriented anyway. That's where you need your 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 best stars, your biggest scores. It's not necessarily so much inside-out in in, in terms of dumping in, watching a guy go to work, it's not Patrick Ewing, you know, not Hakeem Olajuwon anymore. So I, you know, I, you know, I, I think Embiid. Honestly, I think his success or failure is going to really change the course of what people think of the center position. If he fails, I think we'll see centers devalued in the way, devalued in the way that running backs are devalued in the in the NFL. Yeah, that's very true because they don't even have a a center position at the All Star game anymore. Yeah, you know, not anymore. Is, yeah. I mean, you can see like we've seen the game go perimeter oriented, and it was you know probably a couple teams started doing that, and then it just a trend starts, right? So I mean, at some point, it's probably going to go back big again, right? I mean, the Lakers just had success with Bynum and Powell. Memphis has had success with Zach and Gasol as well. Mark. So, I mean, if you went that way, if you found a really good big guy, you should 
be able to easily compete or even dominate this league. Well, it kind of feeds on itself because, you know, if you don't emphasize it, it doesn't get taught at the AAU level. It doesn't get taught at the, uh, at the college and high school level. And so, it, like, the cycle takes a long time for it to correct itself. I mean, we haven't seen a dump it into the post major offense like that. Well, I mean, you could say that the, 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 the uh, Lakers did that with Bynum and Powell. Yeah. And maybe may, maybe they were the last ones because even Memphis they had they dump it into Randolph and uh, Gasol's more of a perimeter big he he likes those mid range shots high poster but yeah. even if we gave you Memphis they haven't won a title right and you know and and that's that's usually how the shift comes right the teams yep. that win the titles now everybody's copying what they do yep. and so and and that's to me where you look at the that center position it's um I think it's in I think it's in trouble and I think you know. We all should go gaga over, you know, Joel Embiid. I, yes, I mean he's a great player, but uh, you know, is he in the grand scheme of things? Is any one position more important than the next? Is the center position now still as important as it was to winning a title? I don't think so. It's funny and too. What, like you were just saying, you know, people copy what the champs do, and I was already hearing Nate Robinson was on a podcast with Ross Sharon, I think yesterday or the day before, and he's talking about that Spurs ball movement. And then you're seeing guys tweet about that players in the NBA are all noticing, wow, ball movement. Like if you're really moving the ball, everybody gets open shots. So it's, yeah, it seems we'll like that unselfish style. <laughs> I don't think Nate Robinson is going to pass up to <laughs> Unless you have a drill sergeant for a head coach. Yeah, that running, ball yeah. moving, that ball moves to me, <laughs> I'm taking the yeah. shot. But I mean that's that's the wave now, right? Is it's it's you well, kind put guys of. on the perimeter, move the ball around, look for open shots. I mean you're seeing Houston, Portland, yeah. San Antonio, even Miami was doing it for a while. Well, Houston while. doesn't move the ball much though. I mean that tends to get to James Harden and he goes. So, but you know you're right though. It's a, it's more of a of a, of a like an extreme example of that is you would say um, Houston and Portland. Mm-hmm. You know Portland they shoot so many threes. It is like same thing with Houston. If you would have said to me 10 years ago that there was going to be an offense centered around shooting that many three-point shots, I would have said you're ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I would have said that will never happen. Teams are too averse from having a, a longer shot be a lower risk or a higher risk. And But now you see um, all these offenses, the analytics people say there's more value in these three-point shots than there is a long two. So they just take two steps out, and they want people who can hit that long shot. So. So the other, the other uh, hot take, the fresh sports take we have to discuss is, of course, Kevin Love, who marks who? <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, the Nuggets have may or may not have been used in a leverage ploy in this this whole thing. But Mark Stein, I'm just seeing, is tweeting that the Golden State Warriors have indeed made Clay Thompson available to the Wolves. If they make him available, they, there's no the, the the Wolves. From what I have, everything I've heard, really want for Clay Thompson. So. I mean, but there again, that's a, it's another public announcement of a of a something that is out there. I mean, I always get I I, I have flashbacks of the Nuggets using the uh, New Jersey Nets as basically the biggest leverage tool on the planet oh, yeah. to get what they want out of New York. It was awesome, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that set the model for for leverage. So now you got these teams like the Nuggets and maybe even the Golden State Warriors thing. Like, okay, we'll be we'll just put this out here, something like you you may or may or may not have actually done, and see if the team we really want to do to talk talk to, see if they want to give us more stuff. Because right. you, you guys, know, you guys think like that uh, you think Love will be moved on draft night or before? No, I well, I only if the team doesn't care if he resigns with them or not. Sacramento has been on record as saying they don't care. Um, <laughs> and I think Cleveland was another team that was kind of reportedly saying, it doesn't matter whether he commits to us or not, we, we would trade for him. If, if, if that's not the case, then I, I would just wait. If I was a team, I would just wait until uh, the free agency period begins. Because at that point in time, you could sign and trade him. So it's, you know, right now at, on draft night, you're getting a guy who can only tell you maybe that he'd stay with you but then we don't really know if that would be true after a little while can he sign an extension like as part of the trade he would be it it, is this would be so this would run very similar to what carmelo anthony had so what would minnesota would do is extend the contract offer they could extend the most money or whatever and um 
he would just reject <laughs> signing it with the Timberwolves, but he still want the contract. So remember like, like how yeah. Melo still wanted mm-hmm. the contract? Mm-hmm. And then um, Minnesota would trade him. The new team would already have the understanding that they're going to sign him to that contract. So, I mean, I guess it really wouldn't be a sign and trade. It would be a trade and then and then sign. Mm-hmm. But um, Call that the trade and extend. Right. Extended trade. Right. Yeah, that's what Melo did. Yeah. Because yeah. Melo had still had a year left, so he um, yeah he had, had that option here, so he had to do the extend. Because you get his yeah. bird rights, so then you can tr- – Give yeah. him the most money, right? Right. So, yeah, it would um, it would it would work out that way a little bit better. But I mean, I don't. We don't, I guess we just don't know where his head's at in terms of that. I mean, does he want to commit himself to a team this fast, or does he want to just go through a season and see what happens next summer and really be courted by the whole NBA? You know, it's kind of like a guy that's been married for eight years and then gets divorced and immediately gets married again. Yeah. Like you don't want to do that, like right? You don't want to do that, yeah. Well, time to weigh your options. <laughs> right. Other, well, yeah. I think what we, really, what we really know is that David Kahn, the former general manager, so burned the bridge with, with Kevin Love to the, to the extent that it's just inevitable to most people that he wants to leave, and which is, you know... So bad to because which, which is bad. <laughs> I just you know yeah, it's just so bad. You know, you look at that and you know, Flip Saunders has tried to mend the fences and um, you know, Rick Adelman last year with the, being the coach, they tried to put a team around him that could be pretty good, uh, and they did. They just forgot about the bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't need no bench. You need, you need bench players, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, and and so it didn't work. And you know, I think he's just to a point now where he's he just wants to go. You so, know, and what's well, Let's kind of look at like the prospects. Let's say Golden State acquired him for Barnes, David Lee, and Clay Thompson. Yeah, like what does that do to the Warriors? You then right. have Curry, Iguodala, Bogut, and Love. I mean, is that even is that yeah, a playoff that, team? Does, in, the West? in the words of Tim Connolly, does that move the needle? Right. <laughs> I don't know if that moves the needle because you give up a dead eye shooter, and well, not really a dead eye. But he got a, a great shooter who compliments uh, Steph Curry. You give up, you know? Did, what did you say, Barnes too? Yeah, if that were if that was a deal, I mean, yeah. people were upset. That, people were upset that the at Iguodala was in in Oakland, or that Iguodala was starting over Barnes. Yeah, Harrison Barnes. Yeah, and you know, you got a declining Andre Iguodala. If yeah. anything, last year showed us is that Andre Iguodala is on starting his decline, and. Actually, that makes me look back and think, well, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. But I mean, I guess if you listen, if you want a superstar, okay. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it moves the needle from an interest standpoint, but I don't know if it's going to move them from what are they were there fifty one wins this season. Yeah, this uh, you know, I don't know how many. How many? You know, do they get more with him or not? But but I, I think what what Nuggets fans have to understand is that's the kind of deal that. Opens the conversation. Clay Thompson, Harrison Barnes, David Lee. What are the three equivalent players on the Nuggets team? Well, you're looking at. Um, you have to say Fareed, and then if Gallo was healthy. Gallo. You know? Yeah. Um, and I don't think the Nuggets want to part with him. Maybe Ty Lawson. Ty Lawson. There, you know? Right. Yeah. So, see, you know, you'd have to, you know, if you're in Minnesota, you'd, the first thing you'd say is, well, yeah, I know we still have Ricky Rubio, but maybe they could move him on if they wanted to do whatever they wanted to do. But we're first thing we're doing is we're taking your two best players because your two best players don't even equal our best player. Yeah. And so we're going to take Ty and we're going to take Kenneth Freed. Then we'll just take that 11 pick. Thank you very much. Yeah. And we'll take a future first round pick. We'll, we'll do that as well because Kevin Love is his career averages are 19 and 12. Mm-hmm. Second team all NBA guy. He was twenty six and twelve last year. You know, to get fair, we really are talking about a similar circumstance to Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Those two players, the production that they put on the court, and but they didn't win. Both of them are the same in that. But Kim Lovett hasn't even gotten to the playoffs. He's not even least, his prime least, yet. He's only twenty five. Right, but. You know, so for for to move that kind of guy, Minnesota's going to be asking for a lot. So you will have to gut your team yeah. to be able to get him on yours. And then you start weighing the risk and reward. Okay, if I gut my team to get him, then he walks, then where are you? Out of draft picks, you're out of players that were good for you, and now you're start really starting over at a very uh at a disadvantage and when you could have just 
the Nuggets could play this season out, and if it sucks, then they can just blow it up in the summer, next summer. Yeah. Easier to do, much easier to do next summer. They'll have more expiring contracts, and then those that are still on the books, so much more tradable. And and, and so from, from that standpoint, if I were the GM of the Nuggets, do you want to drastically improve your team? Sure. But you still do have a team of a core of guys who were the core of, of 57 wins. If they don't get you to the playoffs then next year, then fine. You can wipe your hands of all these guys. But if they do, and then your coach, you gambled on the coaching change, and then your coach coaches them up in the playoffs, and they get around. You know, they, they advance around. Now you're only talking about tweaking teams to fill holes to be able to get it to the next level and then getting that team also experience in the playoffs. You know, it's interesting to see the, the Nuggets are in an, an interesting, like I would describe as a kind of a delicate point because, you know, the, especially with the fans, you know, you, you have this 11th pick and then they pick Gary Harris and everyone goes, oh, well, you know. Yeah. That may make the most logical sense, but it doesn't excite anyone. Right. You know, and... Say they go out on a limb and they take, you know, Zach Levine or they take... My boy. That's Nate, right. Nate's boy. <laughs> That's right. No, they take someone who's got more risk. How's that Zach Levine bus going? <laughs> yes. He's got we'll more risk guess, but maybe. more excitement to them. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. Could you sell them on that sort of thing? For because, sure. Because we're, right now we're looking at a team that's just kind of like the 11th spot is the worst. That has to be the worst <laughs> spot in the I don't think it's that draft. bad, though. There's a lot of talent around that pick. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of movement in terms of. Because um, we don't know who's going to fall. Right. You don't know who may fall. And even, even if nobody falls, if it plays out the way you think it does, you still can choose between four to five probably pretty good players that could become very good players. Well, yeah. you never know, though. I mean, but, that's, that's, what you, that's what you're talking about with the 11th pick. Yeah. And, and if, you, if you need to... There we go. If you need to... Dempsey's pulling out notes here. <laughs> <laughs> but well, Dempsey actually has handwriting he's looking at. I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and if your aim is to... Listen, the Nuggets are going to address perimeter defense at some point. Now, they could do it in the draft or they could not do it in the draft. Or they're going to do it through free agency. And if you... You know, look at some of the free agents out there. I obviously, I think Trevor Ariza is going to be a little bit on the expensive side. Yeah. Um, you know, Cephalosha is out there. Every Bradley's out there. You know, there's there are guys at which you can shore up your perimeter defense if you wanted to go the, you know, the 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 free agent route to be yeah. able to do that. So then that frees you up to do something like Zach Levine. And, you know, you bring in Zach Levine. He's awesome off the bench. And what he'll play limited minutes. Yeah. But he, he's learning basketball. And then he's the kind of guy that you can kind of stick in as some of your other contracts start to leave. Or as you start to trade some of these other guys, yeah. you know, now you slot him in and he might be a star. You know, I mean, you know, this, coaches have shown they can develop players already. And so you develop a guy who's already that athletic with that kind of a skill set. You know, I mean, that's um, it's exciting. So, yeah, for sure, you could sell a Zach Levine. Yeah, I think you. Could but sell- you would then have to address your needs. In the yeah, job. and then this is the thing, you know, because Free Gary agency. Gary Harris addresses the defensive needs, kind of. But would he start over Randy Foy? Uh, no, maybe. he might beat him out. I mean, you never know. He you never know. Probably I mean, be a battle. I, I think the Nuggets would probably need someone who they could justify putting in the starting lineup to put over Randy Foy in that two spot. As far as perimeter defense goes, and I, I, you know, obviously, I don't know if Gary Harris fits. I'm, I, I'm focusing on him. I'm just using him as an example. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we've you got we've got more options, I suppose, than that. And it's going to be interesting to see how the draft shakes out because once the draft say it gets to eleven and something weird happens, and McDermott or Stauskas or one of those guys who were for fringe people, like maybe say, like for some reason, Marcus Smart falls down down mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate Marcus Smart. <laughs> I, I don't particularly care for him either. He's got a good uh, agent. His agents, but you know, that's going to de- really determine where the Nuggets do because that'll actually dictate what they do in free agency yeah. because they have basically told everyone we want perimeter defense. Yeah, so that's going to be addressed no matter what. Yeah, for sure. So you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I, this draft is the most wide open. Draft I've seen in a long time. As yeah, far really, as what the Nuggets can do. You know what's funny about it is is leading up to the trade deadline during the season, 
you couldn't get anybody to say that this that by the time the NBA draft rolled around that there'd be this many teams willing to will and deal. You know, it was it was a I don't know what you you would you would say, well, couldn't you trade around draft? You get this look. What? What? <laughs> draft pick? Draft? Not in this draft. Not with this group of players. Nobody's going to want to be trading in this draft. Oh, well, guess what's happening? It looks like it has the appearance of being one of the craziest drafts that we might see. Especially if Embiid truly isn't going to be the Cavs pick. I mean, the Cavs could literally do anything. Yeah. Anything with that. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded back, you know, if they did something stupid. Well, they could or, trade back, yeah, but I mean, that's a, a, that's a, that'd be interesting if, if Cleveland traded back, actually. That would cause even more chaos. They could probably easily trade with Philly, so Philly would be guaranteed of getting Wiggins, you know, who mm-hmm. they seem to f- love. But, yeah. you know, we were talking, there's a guy on our board, uh, Ray, God, is his last name Martinelli? Martinelli. Right, Ray Martinelli, is, he's always saying, you know, the Nuggets' assets right now are at their lowest selling point. Like the Nuggets should play out this season without making a big deal because he thinks that a lot of the younger guys, Lost and Fareed, all these guys will be able to, even Hickson, all these guys are going to play themselves in a better value as the season goes along because obviously a lot of guys are coming off injuries. And, you know, so it wouldn't be a big deal if the Nuggets didn't do something crazy and bold because they have time. Like you pointed out, Chris, you know, they'll, they'll have time during the season to see if, what comes available at the trade deadline? Yeah, how's your season looking? What if this team actually is pretty good? You yeah. know, and then of course you'll have the off season next year when maybe some of your assets' value has has increased, which I think people probably underrate to some degree with this Nuggets because they say, well, they won thirty six games. Well, know? we think Gallo's yeah. coming back the start of training camp. We think. Hopefully. Oh, he'll be back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, and you know, and then we saw Nate Robinson today. Yeah, and he was. Looking good. He's looking like well on the way back. Um, and got J.J. Hickson, who we also saw today, who's also um, definitely out there. He was out there shooting. I don't know how far along he is. He seems like he'd be the last guy back just because his injury was. His injury was in March, right? Yeah, and yeah. He, told me the, he told me that he's not going to be ready for the start of training camp, but that he expects to be ready at some point during training camp. Wow, that's, so, that's an accelerated... Uh, so, yeah. Well, um, At least they have enough power forwards that don't have to worry about him for two <laughs> <That's> Right. <laughs> 25 of those. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if you have Nate Robinson, though, I mean, you can't... You're probably not going to be able to play Nate Robinson opening night, you know, 25 minutes a game coming mm-hmm. off an ACL injury. They're right. going to have to do something with another point guard, right? Unless, uh, unless yeah. Fournier can fill in there, but... Yeah, if, if he's still on the team. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. I mean... You know, there's there there is that, and 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 you know, the Nuggets are also a you know they use two guards a lot. So let's put it like this: um, you know, you can get possessions of you can get possessions of of ball handling out of Randy Foy. Not the most, not the you know ideal circumstance. But I mean, he did put together. Then he put together a thirty and. Fourteen or yeah, something, yeah. The, the, right, yeah, right, at the, right at the end of the season. Right at the end, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you, you, they, they can work their way around, and then still kind of spot Nate Robinson in there as well without overworking him early. Um, you would just kind of delegate some of those other, and then you know the other thing about the Nuggets is is the way they get rebounds and allow their forwards to push the ball up. You know that's going to take some stress off of like ball handling for some of the guards, so you can kind of work around the Nate Robinson thing that way as well. So it, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I, you know, generally you're right. I mean, Nate's not going to come right back in and be like jumping out of the gym and doing all yeah. that kind of stuff. I think the guy who's strongest right now is Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, and um, you know, most likely to be able to come back and. Uh, you know, not feel the effects as much as the, some other guys will be. Will be uh, Danilo. I think. I think he's that guy. Well, the Nuggets. From everything I've been able to glean, you look really are counting on Gallo be coming back at least to some sort of semblance of where he was in 2012. He ought to be. I mean, yeah. it's been. By the time he gets back on the court for training camp, was that be a full year and a half, full calendar year and a half? Year almost? and a half. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, you know, and 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 you know, from everything I've been told, you know, even even though the first surgery did not work, uh, his rehab process from that first surgery 
put him that much farther along after you know after the second right. surgery. So yeah. he he'll be ready to go. I mean he's he's gonna he's gonna try to practice a little bit with the Italian national team. Yeah, uh, and then he's going to get to real serious five and five when he comes back to town in August. Well, and he's he's you know hopefully he can do that because you know the Nuggets will really depend a lot on his abilities and then whatever they. <laughs> Hornets new unis, man. Huh? Yeah, the Hornets yeah. new unis. That's a looking pretty good, man. I, I miss the teal though. Yeah, right. A, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, I can't picture Larry Johnson in that, but um, <laughs> but I can picture Larry Johnson as a Nick for some reason. Um, None of them were in stripes either. They used to have stripes. Yeah, oh yeah, they used like to have the, the pinstripes pin yeah. of those. And, and sorry, we got off track. But anyway, um, it's the Charlotte Hornets pick. I think the pick before the Nuggets, right? Are there are they nine? Seventy sixers are. The seventy sixers are. That's Hornets right. go ninth, I think. So I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I, I kind of like Julius Randle, mm-hmm. and if he f- somehow fell to eleven, or the Nuggets felt that they could get him, I think they should leap at that prospect. But that's just that's just me, you know. And that's not based on anything. I just think the Nuggets wouldn't want someone like that if he was there, regardless of the perimeter needs. It was like, okay, this guy's too good to pass up. But in the grand scheme of things, say, like, let me ask you, Chris, what if Nick Stauskas was available? Um, and he was available at the same time as a Gary Harris? Yeah. Um, man. And a Zach Levine? And a Zach Levine, yeah. Yeah, I think they go Zach Levine. <laughs> I, I came yes. away impressed with him. We, we were all at the same. Yes. We were all at the same workout. Yeah. And I put up a nice video of him on uh, our YouTube page, and it's, I wasn't impressed going in because like I just was I didn't believe the hype to be quite honest with you. And you based even based on highlights I saw because you can put a, put together a package of highlights to make, you know the hype was me texting and calling yeah, Jeff and yeah. telling him. You could be, you could put the, <laughs> together a highlight <laughs> you could put together a highlight package of Adam Morrison looking like he could dominate. And then but then And I when s- Nate Sane <laughs> sent me the highlights of Zach Levine. Nate, Nate compiled highlights himself. Um and then, then I saw him and I'm like, Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, Zach, you know, for me is a, uh, you know, obviously the athleticism stands out, and I don't have my notes. I, uh, you know, I I watched all these guys on on uh, on film, and you know, Zach is very interesting to me. I'm going to get to Julius Randle in, in one second. The uh, the 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 athleticism is just so off the charts with Zach Levine. Yeah. Um, very similar to like Aaron Gordon, very just off the charts athleticism. Uh, you know, trouble finishing in the lane uh, through contact because he's yeah. 180 pounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, six four, six five, six four, six <laughs> yeah. five. He's um, built like Reggie Miller. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. But he, but he, I think he has the kind of frame that, and plus, he's just not a man yet. I mean, he just was a fresh. You yeah. know, literally a year calendar year ago, he was still in high school, he just graduated, like just graduated yeah. high school. Yeah. So yeah, you know, he's he's still growing into being a man. So I think he'll be fine. Kind of a goofy thing for me with him too is he didn't have like the stick figure legs. Like right. he had actual leg muscles, so it was like yeah. I see that Corey Brewer. So you know, or, or, yeah, right. it looks like he could grow into something. Yeah, see, Reggie Miller had the stick figure legs, right? <laughs> That's kind of like Anthony Randolph a little bit. Like yeah. they, you know, yeah. they're, they're just not going to get any bigger. Um, you know, catch and shoot guy. He looked phenomenal. Remember the the, the Nuggets were doing this drill, and it was just a catch and shoot at different spots around. Yeah. He looked fantastic. Yeah, that's that exactly guy. the kind of shot that he that he hit all season long though. Catch and shoot, pull up. He needs to work, um, and that's uh, what you want guys in the NBA shooting is catch and shoot over pulling up. And you know you want him to be able to play off the dribble. But I was going to say catch yeah. and shoot is huge. We catch and shoot is huge. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially I mean they can screen your way open. I mean, there's so these these coaches are so crafty with the, with the with the actions and the sets that they can do. They can get you open if you can nail that shot. Um, so he's got the good building blocks of being uh, of being you know a really really good player. Yeah. Um, Julius Randle, we we talked earlier about you know why he might fall. I think the reason he would fall is I think people would turn on the film and go. <laughs> I don't know if he's as good as we thought. Yeah, he's. I, I like to say um, he. I use the term heavy jumper. He and that is just me saying he. Um, with power in the lane, he's heavy. You know, like he, you know that the explosion is there. I mean, he's getting rebound. He's snatching them out of the air just with sheer power. 
not with a ton of athleticism. He's not going to kill you. He's not going to jump out of the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he is going to knock you around a little bit of a real bruiser kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. He's so left-handed dominant. Mm. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When you, even if he's driving right, he turns, he he does whatever within his power to get back to his left hand, and wow. it really results in some terrible looking shots. Interesting. So he's going to really have to work on balancing those those hands mm-hmm. out, getting that right hand into things. He's got short arms too, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're not the longest arms, but I mean, I you know, he's a space eater. So I mean, I think it, he, it wouldn't be a problem yeah. in terms of getting rebounds because he'd just move you out of the way yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get it. But um, I, I think he has good upside, but he's going to have, there are a number of things that really are kind of red, not red flags, but just wow, we're going to have to really get this guy in and develop him a lot more than it appears that he has to be developed. Yeah. Well, I'm sold. Zach Levine it is. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't have to be sold. Yeah, let me tell you. Nick sold I'll, himself. Two, two things. I'll tell you who I'm sold on. Two guys. One, Aaron Gordon. I'm sold on him. And before, you, before you get into Gordon then, let me ask you this. Do the Nuggets have the patience to draft Zach Levine? Does Tim Conley have the time to draft Zach Levine? Or do they need to draft somebody now that they can start playing right away? Right. I think we'll know. You know, I think, you know, what the Nuggets do on draft night will tell us a lot about what they're going to be, uh, like how the roster is going to be constituted during the season. So if, the, if you take Zach Levine, you're not blowing up the roster. <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're probably not. Because he has already stated he wants to be in the playoffs next season. Like he said that Connolly yep. has, yep. so I'm sorry, Zach Levine's just not helping you get to the playoffs next season. So if, like, exactly. if you take him, then he, you're basically saying he's a project that we are going to work on, while the rest of these dudes who we we know that are uh, proven uh, commodities are going to help us get to the playoffs. Yeah. So um, you know it, it'll it, you know it, it, it'd be you know does does Connolly have time to draft him? Yeah, I think he does because here's why. I, I think that he, if if the Nuggets fall apart, I think then Conley and Josh Kroenke just go, we'll just blow this up. That's cool. So then Conley stays on another year, right? So then it becomes a rebuilding project. Right. So then that buys you two, three, two, four two, years. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? It just just as long as the just as long as the team continues <laughs> yeah. to take steps up. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think he can afford to draft anybody in this draft. Okay. So two guys you liked. Aaron Gordon, yes, who's awesome. Love Aaron Gordon. Love him. You know the the you know the knock on him is what position does he play and what position does he guard? Every position he guards. Everyone. <laughs> he guards everyone. <laughs> I think we'll find that he ends up being. He is a power forward at the at, at Arizona. I think we'll find he ends up being a small forward in the NBA. Yep. And I say this because. Uh, when you turn on the tape and you watch his handle, he's already got a handle of a guard. Oh, yeah. uh, this guy can handle the ball. Yeah. He does have range out to three. Now, you know, I mean, he's not shooting 39, 40% from three right now. But honestly, I think the dude can end up. Listen, Kevin Love shoots 37% from three. I think Gary Gordon can shoot 37% from three when it's all said and done. Oh, nice. I really do. Wow. Um, and then you have the defensive aspect. You can oh, put him on the right now, and you know, put him on the court right now for his defense. His, his yeah. hands are so quick. I, 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 for a college player, yeah. I was watching one of the tournament games. I think it was actually the game they lost, the the one against Wisconsin, Arizona versus Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. he was just so dominant. Yeah, with the way he approached defense, that you usually don't see that in college. You know, you they you have to extrapolate quite a bit because of the zone defenses they play. But I could see immediately how dominant he could be on the defensive end mm-hmm. in college. And then you, you extrapolate that to the NBA. You know, Of course, they say what position he's going to play, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. I also got the Not with hands I like think, that. I think he'll end up guarding the three. He's got quick enough feet to go ahead and do that. And he's, he's got, got good, good feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he's, and he's got good length. So, yeah. and, you know, and the ability six, to nine, kind of poke, right? poke, away, poke away stuff. Yeah, yeah six, eight, six, yeah. eight-ish, yeah, right around there. Yeah. Um, I like so, with him, too, like – he would affect games at Arizona without scoring. Yeah. Like, it was like he had a tangible effect on the game, and I was like, you know, I haven't seen him make a shot for, I don't know, 10 minutes. Yeah. But he's definitely that difference maker. Yeah, for you know? sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then, you know, on a team like this that likes to get up and down the court, he can fill a lane. 
easily, and he'll finish with a very <laughs> powerful dunk at the end of that. Oh, so, yeah. you know, I, I, there's, a, you know, listen, he, he's he's still a raw player. I mean, you you know, listen, the, the jumper does continue to need to be refined. Um, yeah, he's a horrific three free throw shooter. It's horrible. IQ is something in the forty or fifty percent. Um, for the season, so that obviously will need um, you know fixing, and then he'll just have to get acclimated to playing a little bit more out on the perimeter. Uh, on the defensive possessions that I saw um, when he was out on the perimeter, I thought he was pretty good. wasn't great. Yeah. wasn't great. Some faster players drove right right, right on by him. Um, so you know he'll he's got things to work on, but he's young, just like the rest of these guys. They all have stuff to work on. But I love the package that Aaron Gordon could grow into. Um, the other guy is. Projected to be way low, low first round. His name is PJ Harrison, hmm. mm. and PJ Harrison um, started out at North Carolina, got kicked off the team, and ended up in uh, the D League, the, the Legends, uh, the, Texas uh, Legends, Texas, yeah. <laughs> and um, he, wow, he jumped. I watched his North Carolina, some of his North Carolina film, and then I watched his D League film, and he almost looks like two different players. He was good at North Carolina, and he was great with the with the texas team hmm. uh can shoot it well he was recruited as a shooter uh, he can shoot it catch and shoot off the dribble whatever you want from three-point range he's got it all the way out to half court i mean he's got range for days um but what he wasn't doing at north carolina was finishing at the rim and, he, and he's built like a football player he's, yeah, he's a big, big dude guy. Yeah. um but he was never finishing at the rim at north carolina and with Texas, he was dunking these things in, and I was just so impressed with just the growth. And it sometimes just playing against real, you know, semi-pro guys or former NBA guys who are in the D League right now it just just helps. I think he can defend right now. He's got great size to be able to do that. Um, help defense, he's great. He'll block a shot. He'll get a steal. He'll he's I think he's underrated in that area. Um, you know, I mean, I think there'd be little character concerns. But uh, if you're a locker room strong enough, I think he'll be fine. Some stuff I've seen on him, too, is uh, questioning his effort during the D-League games. But I think that may be – hopefully that was just a product of the D-League. Yeah, it could be. Because you know you're not going anywhere in the D- Like, you know, if, if you haven't gotten called up by the end of the season, you, yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and for whatever. College, I think for college guys, too, it's easier to see – or easier to say that, wow, that guy gives great effort when you're playing in, like, a big-time environment or a mm-hmm. big game, you know, in D-League. There's no big games, right? right. Like it's kind of hard to it's find like the a motivation. thousand people in the stands. Yeah, you know, it's just it's hard to get motivated. And then he he came, he came onto the scene and with such a big splash, I think things kind of came easier to him than they thought they would. So then by the end, you're like, well, I, you know, I sh- I can play. Yeah. You know, I, I you know I don't yeah. I don't have to give max effort, uh-huh. even though it, uh, a friend of ours, Eduardo Nahara, you know, who yeah. former Nugget was the coach yeah. trying to get it out of him. But uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> I um. I love that guy. Literally, this this will be the crazy thing of the day. I'd literally take him at number eleven. Really? I would do it. Wow. Yeah, I'd do it. So when he washes out of the league in two years, we'll say this. <laughs> Come is back and see me. Have a- <laughs> the, the Dempsey, the Dempsey loves list. <laughs> Kelly Olynyk out of the league. <laughs> PJ Harrison out of the out league. Of league. <laughs> <laughs> Put together a heck of a semi pro team. <laughs> Like, wasn't Dempsey? Wasn't he a former post writer? Yeah, what's he doing now? He's coaching a semi-pro team in Broomfield. He wouldn't do a job of predicting predicting oh draft picks. Gosh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. No, it's sure. it's interesting how these things look. I mean, especially with going to the D League, and I, I, I kind of, we kind of Nate and I kind of talked to Conley about this on one of our podcasts, and I think I'll ask you too. Is like, I, I, my, I hope that they make a legit D League. I mean, a lit, a legit kind of a, make it minor league team uh, no, system. And that would require more teams buying, you know, teams. Yeah. It seems like the Nuggets, you know, they lost their affiliation, well, uh, solo, their, their shared affiliation with the Iowa Energy yeah, because Memphis that was bought out by Memphis. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like the Nuggets are really heavily invested like in scouting, particularly in Europe. Yeah, they really are. It really seems are. like they really want to make that their their goal for like development rather than having it invested in the D League. Now if in your opinion, would would it would the NBA benefit if they made the D League that's like had every team buy a deal. Like the Nuggets used to have uh, what was it, the uh yeah, those the fourteeners. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They used to I used to live right next to where they played. The um how many games did you go to? 
five. <laughs> That's pretty good. I would have said let me tell zero you something. Can I, can I just tell you something about this, though? The media meal at the 14ers games, phenomenal. You're kidding. Phenomenal. You're kidding. Oh, my God. Gosh, Are we going to have to lodge a complaint with the Pepsi Center for yes. the meals? Yes. Yes. Go cover yes. D-League team because somewhere. the the 14ers were killing these guys oh in meals. God, it come was on, crazy. Step up your game, Pepsi Center. <laughs> it was great, but uh, <laughs> but no, I think I think every team, NBA team should have their own um, D League franchise. It costs money and it costs to uh, to maintain. And you know the problem with the team up in Broomfield was nobody was going. Do you remember there was also a hockey team up there? Yeah. Okay, oh, so yeah. it was both of them, and they both fo- the hockey team completely folded. Uh, the D League team went to Texas. Yeah. And um, you know, sustaining getting people to go to D League games in this city and state yeah. is near impossible. I mean, you know, it, it's it's basketball. You have to love basketball to want to go see a D League game. Yeah, and we just don't have that around. Or you have to be in a sp- in a city where it's nothing but the D League team, so that becomes your entertainment. Even though it's in Broomfield, it's close to CU and it's twenty minutes away from Denver. Oh yeah, so they should put it in Grand Junction or something like that. I mean, it's some right. So the other end of the Carter state Springs. because they got right. the, the the Rockies have their Class A. Um, baseball team in Grand Junction. Yeah. It's like, that'd be like the perfect place for yes. it. You know, it's 250 miles away. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, it's close. It's far enough to where the people there go just for that. Right. And they don't be, they're not know, just like driving to Denver. Yeah. Really dri- yeah. And yeah. then, you know, and you, it's easy enough to where you can get a, a prospect to Denver in a day. Right. So that, I, that year I lived in Casper. Uh, they had the Casper Ghosts and, Todd Helton came up there because it was Casper their single Coast. A, but Helton came up for a rehab assignment and went to we played a game in Casper and the entire city was there. Yeah, I think the, the that's what it has to be. All thirty thousand people when you go to when you when you, <laughs> when, you when you go to Oklahoma City for, even for a Thunder's game uh, Thunder games, you know they have a minor league baseball team right downtown. Like the stadium is right downtown. And it gets packed. I went to one of those games when when really? you were there. Yeah, I did when um, I think the Nuggets were playing in the playoffs. Um, no, it wasn't the playoffs. Uh, I can't. It may was just a late season game. It was right around my birthday, so I always think playoffs because my birthday is April the eighteenth. Um, anyway, we're in Oklahoma City, and we all go. It was me and like Aaron Lopez and mm-hmm. Ben Hockman, and uh, you know I think Hastings and everybody were there too. I mean, this place is packed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like Portland. Portland, the only thing they've got yeah. is the Blazers, and that's where so, those teams thrive. Yeah, and that's why I think if the Nuggets do it now, they have done studies. They've already they've done a ton of research on getting their own D League team already, um, and they've concluded that that's not a route that they want to go right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think that's going to change at some point in the I think future. It has to, and I think that I think your suggestion, I think that's perfect. You you know, to, it has like to. That. It has now to it'd change. be a little difficult in the winter going through the mountains. Yeah, that would be yeah. you know you know roads closed and you know, I can't get our, can't get our guy there. But I guess you can just I don't know. I mean, you can fly. Can you fly? Can't you? Yeah, you airport, can, there's, there's, there's an airport there. Yeah, oh, you can fly, so it's good. But they also, have, I mean, to me, I also see you'd have to put twelve to fifteen guys on the roster. Like, where mm-hmm. are you going to find these guys? Maybe open up the NBA draft a couple more rounds so you can take some guys or whatever you want to do. Well, the but, NBA draft used to be seven rounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but I see <laughs> I see the benefit too. I'm glad it's not now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I see the benefit in having, you know, they have Joffrey and they have Eric Green overseas. And, you know, Conley was telling us about Eric Green and, you know, how he adopted the culture there and really got into it. And you can even see on some of the videos online of him and some of their games, like the intensity there is just so much better than mm-hmm. you know, what you'd find. Like you like we're saying, you know, you'd have to find the right city to get that thing packed but and build a really small stadium. But I don't know. I, I think the Nuggets are fine sending guys to Europe for now. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think they, they the really the Nuggets have a, an ex, really I think what an impressive scouting system in Europe right now, uh, head up by uh, Rafi Juke, who's amazing. Yeah, and it is it is less where they like right now. I really got the feeling talking to Conley, talking to Karnasovas uh, or Tourist Karnasovas that they they really like that right now. But the problem is, I think you're not going to be able to develop talent as full as you can get if you don't have a legit minor league because the culture difference with Europe makes putting players over there that much more difficult because they 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 got the homesickness 
you know, with the, added into it. But if they had some like like we were saying, one of the minor league teams say in Grand Junction, the culture difference isn't there. You're still at home, and you can have more hands-on development with with players. And maybe you could stick a first round pick over there mm-hmm. and get him some time off your roster to where you're not having to play him immediately. Yeah. an eighteen year old immediately. I, it makes sense to me, but yeah. I yeah. don't run a team. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, I did. Right. That's it. It's just a figure pattern out a of time before I run my own team. Right. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, what direction that all goes. And, um, you know, and, and, and it's an NBA-wide thing, too. You know, it's, it's, you know, if one team starts having success overseas and everybody wants to do the same thing, or if one team starts having success bringing guys over, um, creating their own team – Look at the Houston Rockets, you know, yeah. and what they're doing with theirs. You know, their 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 D League team is just a flat out experiment. Well, what if we played like this? Mm-hmm. What if every shot we took was a three pointer? Yeah. <laughs> like, what if you know? I don't think that's good for the players. No, but you know, when you're tr- if you're trying to develop your own kind of system, mm-hmm. having your own team to be the guinea pig is is a really good way to do it, and 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 it's just a good way to keep um, an eye on uh, on some really good prospects if you have them yeah. in, in, in your system and and like you said before easy you know i think not, not quincy miller who maybe quincy miller did no no i think the, the team was gone by the time he got here no quincy went to no, iowa quincy, did he, get, yeah, he, he, went, he went to iowa that was his first year yeah he went, but went they, would, you, they used to bounce people back and forth between broomfield and maybe maybe i'm thinking von wafer um and you know so it's easy von to kind of have that you know it's when it's close didn't it's julius cool. hodge do that a little bit too he might broomfield? have yeah maybe yeah. But all right, well, let's get the heck out of here. I want to ask you guys one last time: What do you think the Nuggets do on draft night? Do they make their pick? I. This is a man who uh, you know we're, we're talking about PJ Hairston washing out of the league in two years. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> I think they take PJ Hairston <laughs> eleven feet. There's no way on earth they're taking PJ Hairston, but they should. Uh, the uh, no, I actually think they'll end up trading their pick and not making uh, the eleven pick. Damn it! <laughs> do you think that? Well, no, okay. That's good. Jeff, what do you think? See, I, I, that, I, that's what I think as well. But if they keep the pick, I, I'd say they take Levine. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, everybody I've talked to, everybody feels like they're going to trade it. So, yeah, maybe they're going to trade that pick. <laughs> so, but <laughs> if they know. keep the pick, but hey, maybe, maybe they trade up. Hey, hey they yeah, maybe they trade up. <laughs> yeah. I don't you know. think it would be the worst thing in the world either. We were talking uh, – upstairs on the practice court about if the Nuggets actually did trade back, if they did that crazy Bulls trade of 16 to 19. Then you take P.J. Harrison, baby. You could take Harrison. You could take Adrian Payne. Maybe you could still get a gamble on a guy like, you know, the guy they had upstairs today, K.J. Mm-hmm. McDaniels. Yeah. Maybe Levine's still there. I mean, there's there's value in 16 and 19 as yeah. well as 11. So. Yeah, for sure. We'll see what All happens. Right. But, Chris, thanks for joining Thank us, Thank you, Chris. Hope Anytime, you guys. You, you know sure. I always love it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have you, we'll have you at Jake's again. We'll, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Jack and Coke there. <laughs> and we'll figure out uh, what the Nuggets are going to do. We'll be back sometime next week. Draft is Thursday, so we'll see you then. All right.